Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. I just don't feel motivated to do anything. You know, it might be like a whole winter or like four months season, or maybe it's a 12 months, but then there's other times where you feel energy, you know what I mean, you feel motivated and you, you can't stop, and there's other days like, I don't even want to get out of bed, yeah. you know, I don't even want to go to work today, I just want to watch some movies and sit on the couch, you know, and, and we all get like that, where we don't have that energy, but and often when we don't have a motivation in life, I think it comes from a place where we can lose vision, yeah. you know, we lose hope, yeah. the Bible says hope deferred or delayed can make our hearts sick when we have a disappointment we just it can flatten us and and but having a vision motivates us having purpose motivates us having a vision bigger than ourselves and it may be you've gone through a season and and it hasn't been pleasant and then you get a new job and all of a sudden you catch the vision of the business you're working for do you mean you capture the vision that they're trying to achieve and you kind of hitch yourself to that vision all of a sudden you've got energy and it's like oh wow I love working as I've got a cause to live for or maybe it's it's the vision of a church you know you're here today and you're you're hooking your wagon onto the vision of this church and all of a sudden you feel like hey I want to get involved again I I want to do some things and even just a vision for your life can motivate you to 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 do some things and my first title today in this extra short message I keep flagging that Um, is we need a vision for our tomorrow. We need a vision for our tomorrow. And the scripture we're going to use is Proverbs 21, 18. And that is, where there is no vision, the people perish. So the book of Proverbs in the Bible is a book of wisdom, ancient wisdom. And it says, when people don't have a vision, they perish. In other words, if we don't have a vision, we live unrestrained, the Bible says. We live carelessly. When you don't have a vision... You know, when you don't have a vision to have a good body, you know, summer's coming and we're all thinking, okay, you know, we put a bit of weight on winter. When we don't have a vision for a good, we're just going to eat some of those Doritos. I'm going to have some of those, you know, but when you've got a vision, I'm going to the gym, you get disciplined, don't you, in what you're doing. Okay, I've got a vision. I'm going to get that bikini on in summer and I'm going to, this is it, I've got a vision, you know, and you get motivated to do something. But when we don't have a vision, we can carelessly just live in the land. And it's like, yeah, whatever blows me from here to there. But a vision keeps us on track. John Maxwell, which is a leadership guru type guy, he said this quote, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. If there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. I'll say, if you have hope for the future, it gives you power to the present. It empowers your now. When you have a vision of a reality, that doesn't exist right now, you have a vision of a reality that you're hoping for and that you want, then it actually empowers you today. So you want that summer body, it empowers you to go to the gym now. So the thing that's in the future that you're hoping for is the very thing that gives you that motivation today. That very motivation to get out of bed is because I'm saving money because I want to get a car. I'm saving money because I want to buy a house. It motivates you to go to work. A future vision and a hope empowers us. It, it affects our today. It's not just about tomorrow. It's almost like this. When you have a future vision, it doesn't exist yet, but you believe and you're hoping in it. It fuels your today and actually takes you another step towards the vision. You're actually creating a reality that doesn't exist right now. Like if you didn't have that hope and vision, and it wasn't empowering now, you wouldn't be able to go towards it. Do you know what I mean? It it feeds itself to cause you to bring that thing into being. It's a bit like this when you don't have hope, okay? 
and you're on the couch, out of work. You know what I mean? Some, we go through these seasons where we don't have work. You can get really disgruntled when you go through one of those seasons. And it is hard to get off the couch. It's like feeds itself. And, but just say you're on the couch. And out the window, there's, 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 you're living in Dookie. You can see the hills. And you've got some red soil out there, and it's yours. You can, you can look out there and go, you know what? If I plant some canola, it's going to make a harvest, and then I can make some money. Like, all of a sudden, you go, you know what? I have a vision to have a field of canola that I'm going to sell and make some money. And all of a sudden, you go, I'm going to get off the couch. I'm going to plant some seed. See, getting off the couch and planting the seed is driven not because you want to plant the seed. It's driven because you want the seed come to pass. You want to see a canola field that is full and that you can sell and you can make a harvest. See, it's the future vision or hope is the very thing that fuels your purpose today. See, Jesus came to earth and he was, he was with his disciples, these young men, for three years. He had a big vision. His vision was for humanity, for the whole of humanity. His vision was to see billions of people come to know the Father. His vision was that billions of people would go to heaven and, and not go to hell. But he invested in 12 young guys. He was planting a seed into these 12 young guys. See, what empowered Jesus to spend all the time that he did with the disciples was that he saw you through history. He saw billions of people in the future. He had a vision for the whole of humanity. He saw your life today, August 25th, 2019. And that was the very power that fueled his time with the disciples. I would put it to you, what fueled Jesus to be on the cross? What empowered him to endure the pain of the cross? The power that got him through the cross was the vision of the future of your soul in heaven. His heart for you 2,000 years later was what fueled his today. I'm asking, what is fueling you today? We all need a hope. We all need a vision. Noah, God asked Noah to build an ark. He told him there's going to be a flood and I'm going to judge humanity. But if you build this ark, you and your family will be saved. I'm sure when he was building that ark, it was like, what am I doing this for? It took years to build the ark. Years and years and people ridiculing him and people making fun of him. What are you doing, Noah? You're nuts. You know, what's going on? But see, he was fueled in the now to build the ark because he had a vision that God was going to judge the earth and that he would be saved from that. He, he knew the future and it empowered his today. What vision have you let go of? Is there a vision that you just put to the side? I know it's too hard. No, it's not going to happen. You know, what, what have you become complacent about? What, what is a vision that God has for you that you need to take up again? What is the vision that he's calling you to? The second point is when we have no vision for tomorrow, we become complacent in the present. When we have no vision for tomorrow, we become complacent in the present. When we become complacent, we become familiar. We become blinded to what's really needed. My wife, Kathy, was telling me she went to a restaurant in Shepparton recently. And um, she went there and, and, and it had, you know, really good food. The food was really good quality. And I'm sure the, the chef um, outsourced all his ingredients from local farms and produce around Shepparton. And, and his kitchen was probably immaculate and he had all his utensils and everything set up. And it was an efficient machine, that kitchen. And uh, he knew his craft and his culture and he poured all his love into that food. And, and she said the food was amazing. The food was awesome. But the environment of the restaurant was clinical and cold. They had no heat on. 
And so she's eating the food with a jacket on, and it was freezing. It was like horrible experience. But the food was amazing. The food was awesome. He'd done such a great job. But they became blinded to the needs of people sitting in the restaurant. They became familiar to it. We become complacent when we, we, we don't have a fresh eye to see things. This is how it's always been, they probably. This is how restaurants always work. This is how we've always done it in this restaurant. But how much better would the restaurant have been if, if they put an eye to, 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 to the atmosphere of, of, of the customer? And how much more profitable would their business be? See, I look at the church. The church has the greatest message that exists on the face of the earth. We have a, we have a product, if I could put it that way. That is just the most amazing thing you could ever hear. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That you weren't descended from a monkey or an ape, but you were created in the image of the creator, the divine God. And that he sent his son, Jesus, to suffer, be empowered to endure a cross and a torture. That he would be a sacrifice for humanity's sin, for your sin and my sin. And that if we believe in him, because he rose the third day, we will have eternal life. The message of the gospel is you will be immortal. You live forever. You, when you know Jesus, have an, you get a new body, the Bible says, an eternal body. There's no other message like that in the earth. That you can have immortality, immortality and you can live forever. That is the gospel. That is, that is the best product. But you know, if we have an environment that doesn't move with the times, if we don't have an environment or an atmosphere where people can enjoy that meal, like the restaurant, then people don't come. People don't go. There's churches all over um, northern Victoria that are cafes, that are, that are restaurants, that are people's homes, or they're abandoned. The message hasn't changed in 2,000 years. The message that we're in those churches 100, 200 years ago hasn't changed. But the environment never changed with the culture. And so that precious message has been forgotten in some places. So it's not about crosses and it's not about colours of walls. It's not about the sound of the music or the lighting. It's about the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are responsible for the environment. God's responsible for the message. For the um, old school people like me, you know, there's a story in the Bible of Abraham. And uh, he took his... That wasn't Abraham. It was Abraham. He had to take his son Isaac. And God said, I want you to sacrifice my son your son to me. And he goes up onto the mountain and Isaac, um, Abraham had to provide the timber. He had to provide the son, his son. But see, in the end, God provided the sacrifice. He provided a, a ram. See, God provides the message. He provides the sacrifice. He provided the son. We're the ones that have to provide the altar, the wood. We're the ones that provide the building. We're the ones that create the atmosphere. That's our responsibility. His responsibility is the message. Message hasn't changed. We're the ones that muck up when we don't change with the culture and times to be an environment when people walk from out there in here and they sense relevance. You know, when people come into a room and they feel like this room's relevant, the decor's relevant, the signage is relevant, the people are relevant, they can receive your message. But if we don't appear relevant, they'll never hear the message. We value that message so much that we want an environment that anyone from that street can walk in here and encounter the love of God. If we build it, he will come. If we build it, he will come. My next point is vision gives us fresh eyes to see. Sometimes we need to look from the outside in, not the inside out. 
Sometimes we need to look from the outside in, not the inside out. When we're looking from the inside constantly, we're looking from our perspective, our mindset, how we've always seen it. But if we look through the eyes of somebody on the outside, what do they see? What's their perspective? And you know, what, what do I, you know, I think it's sobering and challenging when we can reflect upon ourselves. We reflect, well, what do others see of me? How, how am I viewed by my community? How are we viewed as a church by the community? How, how am I personally viewed by others? You know, I think I'm awesome, but well, do, do others think I'm awesome? You know, sometimes it's good to just take stock and be truly honest with ourselves and look at things from the outside in. You know, when I first visited Encounter, I came with fresh eyes. You know, I came with fresh eyes. I saw things that people have been here for years didn't. Um, I saw lots of great things, but I saw there wasn't much signage. When I first turned up, I didn't know what was the church, what was the school, what was what, who, where do I go? And that's why we got some signage. Sometimes we need to look from the outside in to work out what do we need to adjust? What do we need to change? A bit, a bit like Kathy at the restaurant. The people in the restaurant have been there for years doing the same thing. They didn't see. They didn't get it. But a newcomer comes in and goes, oh, it's freezing in here. This is drab. This, this needs a makeover. Sometimes we need the outside to come in. We need to be relevant to people's needs. You see, we need to show people that we value our children, that we value our grandchildren, that we, we have kids' church facilities that, that are great right now, but we can make them greater. Yeah. People want to see the relevance, that we value certain things, that, that our, our room is, 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 you know, look, I'm pushing, I want, we're going to get new chairs. I, I want to bring a relevance to the old chairs. They're great in their day, but time, it's time to change the environment. We've got a community out there that's different than it was 10 years ago. We want them in here knowing the message, the greatest message that exists on the earth. That's why we're doing this offering. This is what it's about. It's about people. I, I often think of myself, and, I, and, and let me clarify that. And what would the future me think of the present me? And I ask you, what would your future self at retirement age maybe look at you now in your 20s and your 30s? Like... Just think about what would your future self think of where you're at right now or maybe what we're doing, you know? And what do we need to change? Coming to my conclusion, not yet, I'm nearly there, but music team, I'll give you a heads up. But my last point is, come, let's build together. Come, let's build together. And there's a story in Nehemiah, and it's about Nehemiah. And, and Jerusalem had been pillaged and attacked and destroyed and all the walls were down. And Nehemiah came back to Jerusalem to the city that had been burnt and he looked at it and he just had a vision to change the atmosphere, a vision to change the room, to make it a better place. And it says, this is, this is actually Nehemiah talking. And so I arrived in Jerusalem. After I'd been there three days, I got up in the middle of the night, I and a few men who were here with me. I hadn't told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. So I went up the valley in the dark, continuing my inspection of the wall. I came back in through the valley gate. The local officials had no idea where I'm gone or what I was doing. I hadn't breathed a word to the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the local officials, or anyone else who would be working on the job. Then I gave them this report. This is not my report of this church, so please don't connect it like this. But he, said, he said, then I gave my report. Face it. We're in a bad way. Jerusalem's wrecked. Its gates are burned up. Sounds pretty depressing, doesn't it? And then he says, come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem and not live under this disgrace any longer. I told them how God was supporting me and how the king was backing me up. 
They said, we're with you. Let's get started. They rolled up their sleeves ready for the good work. And today I say to you, Encounter Church, would you say we're with you? We're with you. Let's get started. This is what the offering today is about. We're with you. Let's get started. They rolled up their sleeves ready for the good work. And today, this is what we're doing. I want you to be with us. I want This is together, and it's not just about money. We, we need time, people's time. We need people on teams and serving. We want to build something for God that is a beacon in this community. And it requires a family, a team to do it together. Let's do it together. If all the music people can come up. See, without a vision, the people perish, the Bible says. Without a vision, we just live carelessly. We just come to church each week. We go home. We live our life. We watch TV. But we need to attach our lives to something bigger than ourselves. Because when we have that vision, it empowers your now. It inspires your today. It inspires your living tomorrow when we have a vision for something in the future. So I'm asking you as a church and as individuals and as a family to say we're with you. Let's get started. Let's get started. And if we could stand, I want to pray over you as a church this morning. Heavenly Father, if we could just play, please. And I just, if you feel comfortable just putting your hands to the side, I'm going to, I'm going to just pray a, a prayer over us about having vision in our life first. So Heavenly Father, I pray for every family and every person here today, Father. I pray, Father, that you would give fresh vision. Allow people to see their life with fresh eyes and, and the direction they've been and the direction they're going, Father. I pray that you would do a new thing in our midst, Lord. That you would bring breakthrough today, Father, as we do this offering. You would bring breakthrough in families' lives, Father. That, that, that as we step out by faith, Father, you would meet us where we are. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepparton.